Hey everyone, welcome to Cigars and Syndication, where we're passionate about real estate and we're passionate about cigars. Uh, today we're going to be smoking a an Avo um, Sea Spring, and we're going to talk about what you could do with uh, $10,000 in real estate today. I'm here with my co-host Jay Noir, and uh, we're looking uh, forward to uh, seeing how this new Avo does. Hey everybody, my name is Junaid Noor, and welcome to Cigars and Syndications. Um, like Robbie says, you know, we're passionate about cigars and we're passionate about real estate. So we hope you learned something today. Uh, what do you think about this Avo? So far, really good. Um, I've just had it lit for a couple minutes now and it's, uh, it's on the lighter side, but very creamy and, uh, and maybe a little earthy and woody. Yeah, I get, I get wood. I get a, a, a slight hint of coffee. This is their new 2023 spring collection, hence the nice, uh, Nice green springy wrapper. Uh, you know, Avo is obviously made by Davidoff. Um, and uh, it's a, I think it's a Nicaraguan wrapper, Nicaraguan filler. Uh, Nicaraguan wrapper, no, Ecuadorian wrapper and Dominican binder and filler. Oh, okay. Very good. It's very good for a Dominican. I'm usually not a big fan. I'm I'm a bigger fan of the Nicaraguans over the Dominicans. Yep, yeah, me too. I, I I prefer those most of the time. But but this is so far really good, uh, really smooth. Um, I, I like the shape. Um, I think it's uh, uh, fifty ring gauge. Uh, fits good in the hand and um, and so far burning really good. So Jay, if you were looking to get uh, started in real estate and you had ten grand in your bank account. Uh, where would you put it first? So, you know, my, my first and foremost recommendation before you, we get into the investment portion is pay off your debt. You know, I know that, uh, we're about, uh, in a little over four, uh, four months out of Christmas season, out of the holiday season. And, you know, people tend to splurge during the holiday season and they wind up accumulating a lot of debt. Uh, and a lot of it is credit card debt. Uh, so what my first and foremost recommendation would be, if you have $10,000 and you have credit card debt that you're paying 18, 19, 20, 21% interest on, pay that off. Don't worry about investing and trying to make money on, on, uh, on any kind of a deal right now. Well, I, I mean, I do agree with that. I mean, you got to get, get unencumbered, get this debt off your back. Um, and, and spend money and invest money that, that you don't need for day to day. Right. And a lot of people have this idea that, oh, you know, I'm going to invest my money and I'm going to get a monthly check and then I'm going to take that check and I'm going to pay, pay my, my monthly minimum monthly payment for the credit card, which in hard numbers works well. You know, if you're getting a hundred dollars a month on your, on your investment and your, minimum payment is $95, then, hey, you know, you're $5 ahead. But the way you should they should look at it is if their overall return is 15% on an investment or even 10% on an investment, but the debt ratio or the debt, uh, the rate on the debt that they're paying is 20%, then even, even though your monthly payment might be lower, you're going to be making that monthly payment for a long, long time. So first and foremost... You have $10,000, pay off any debt that you have that's high interest rate debt. Okay, so now I've paid off all my debt and I'm still sitting here with ten grand that I don't need. Um, 
what do you like to get started? You know, for me personally, I kind of like, uh, and, and when I was younger, especially, I didn't mind having a little sweat equity, you know, finding a single family home, even if it meant partnering with someone and doing some of the work myself and, and, you know, try to build that 10,000 a little quicker to maybe get into some, you know, bigger or different type of investments. No, absolutely. A lot of the uh, housing markets in the United States are still undersupplied of housing. And here, you know, we're sitting in Houston, Texas, you can still get a house for, you know, I actually just saw some houses come across my desk from wholesalers that were 95,000, 100,000, 110,000, 120,000. You know, granted, they're older homes, they're from the 70s, but their their market values may be higher. Their market values may be 150, 180 once it's repaired. So that's a great idea. You know, get together with somebody, partner up. Each of you put in $10,000, put a down payment on a house, uh, put the sweat equity in, build it up, either get the uh, different trades, sheetrock, paint. Normally, usually, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of those flip houses, uh, Usually a lot of these houses just need uh, basic stuff. They need sheetrock. They need new fixtures, light fixtures, plumbing fixtures. Sometimes they need some flooring. Once in a while, they'll need roof and AC. But again, you know, you go and you evaluate the house and you kind of see what, what it needs, put some sweat equity in it. And, you know, in six months, you can turn around and probably double your money. You know, we did an earlier podcast and you had mentioned a number and and I know you you spent a lot of time and, and did a lot of due diligence and especially in the homes that you purchased. You said when you closed, you were looking to have twenty percent equity or thirty percent equity in the house when you closed. Right. So when when not when I would buy a house, um, the formula that I used was what is the ARV, which is known as the after repair value. Uh, and then you subtract out any uh, financing costs and um, remodeling costs. And that number has to be, uh, for me, it was about between 20 and 30%. So I would have to walk into a house, as far as, as, far as the purchase price goes, uh, it would have to be 20 to 30% less than the market value minus closing costs, minus financing costs, minus re- uh, repair costs. So I would walk in with about 30, 20 to 30% equity. Yeah, and I think that 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 gets you closer to getting to your next deal, right? If you buy the first one right and you get get paper, get it leased or rented, and, and then that frees up your capital for the next deal. Right, and or you turn around and you flip it. And, you know, in a, in a market like Houston, there is a big demand for housing still. Uh there's a big demand for apartment complexes. There's a big demand for single-family residential homes. Uh, even with interest rates being as high as they are, they're you know they're hovering right around six and a half to seven percent. Um, the what we look at as the month supply of available houses on the market is still very low. It's I think still only like two or three months. Uh, so there's still a big demand for houses, and you know if you can go out there and put some sweat equity in. Uh, you could take that $10,000 and within six months, you can double that money. Yeah. And I think, I think when, when people first get started um, and, and their maybe their long-term goal is to be a hundred percent in real estate, 
you know, maybe today you've got a full-time job and you've got some extra cash and some extra time. And, and I think the single family homes is a really good way to get started and, and start growing your wealth and start increasing the amount of money that you have to invest. Yeah. And I'll tell you a friend of mine, uh, who does single family homes full time now, uh, he used to work for a large corporation. Uh, he was an engineer here in Houston and, uh, he worked a full-time job nine to five. And then in the evenings on the weekends, he would go house hunting. He would buy houses. He bought one house, then he bought two, then he bought three, and he built it up and over. And again, he made a plan, right? So he made a plan and, you know, he figured out that, you know, he's going to need five years of his job. And in five years, he would be out. And that's exactly what he did. He followed his plan. He was in his job for five years to pay his bills and buy houses at the same time. And now he's got, he must have at least $2 million in equity in 30 houses that he owns. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great, that's a great story. And, and, you know, that for me, that's the the type of stories that get you motivated to get started. So, so let's say that, you know, I've got my credit cards and got all my debt, have no debt. I've got my $10,000, but maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not comfortable uh, buying a single family home. Maybe I don't know anything about construction. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm not comfortable stepping off into that, especially by myself the first time. I mean, what other options do you, or would you consider, or would you recommend for somebody wanting to get into real estate? So another option, if you only have $10,000 is get other people who also have $10,000, pull them together and invest in a multifamily uh, project. Uh, so, you know, you're investing in apartment complexes and these are larger projects, right? You're talking about, you know, 20 and $30 million projects, but a lot of them will do it with, you can invest with $50,000 minimum, or some of them have a hundred thousand dollars minimum. So with a $50,000 minimum, you can get five people that have $10,000, just like yourself and say, Hey, let's get together, pool our money and invest as one unit into this multifamily, um, into this multifamily deal. And then this would be passive investment, right? So basically you're not doing anything. Um, the, the general partner who is the one who's running the deal is going to give you, um, is going to let you know what the, 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 the deal is, what kind of a return you can expect, what the hold, hold period is, uh, depreciation that you can get. Lots of these multifamily deals still have accelerated depreciation. Um, and you know, you just basically sit back and, uh, you relax and you, you get your return. But of course, those returns are going to be lower, right? You're not going to double your money. You're going to be, um, getting, uh, maybe anywhere between a 12 and a 15%, depending on the type of deal, 12 and a 15% return. And then your whole time will usually be a minimum of three years. So you can't pull your money out less than three years. Yeah, no. And, and I think that um, a lot of the success stories that we hear, it's, it's really interesting. The progression is th- always through single family homes, you know, first one, then five, then 10. And then, and then they've accumulated some wealth. Uh, and then, then they maybe diversify or liquidate those, get rid of all those houses and take all that capital and move into a passive investor position. Yeah. And a lot of times what they do is, um, you know, another friend of mine did this where he had single family homes and, uh, <clears throat> he did about five, 10 of them. He sold all the 10 homes. Then he bought a uh, quadplex, which is four units. And then he ran that for a couple of years, sold it, 
bought an eight unit, then bought a 16. You know, he just kept doubling. And then now he's got over a thousand units. So, but again, there, it's not a get rich quick scheme. You know, it is a slow, steady, methodical progression. Right. And that, and honestly, that for me, that's the safest way. Um, you know, and, and we're all in different points in our life and we're all different ages and have different, different capital to work with. But I, I mean, I think the, that slow progression is, is the safest way to, to grow your investment, to grow your capital. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people know people. Oh, you know, a friend of mine made so much money day trading or they made so much money in cryptocurrency. <clears throat> Absolutely. There are always these one off events where you'll make money in day trading or in cryptocurrency. But the problem is, they can't be replicated. You can do it one off and then you're going to lose money for years and years and years. And then you're going to lose all the money that you've made. So with real estate and with thought out, properly planned investing, it's slow, it's methodical, but it's replicated. And so you build on what you've pr built previously. And that's how you build wealth over time. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, this AVO Sea uh, Spring is really good. Um, it's got a great even burn, just like you would expect from a Davidoff. Um, I really am enjoying this. It's got a nice draw to it. Um, a little bit on the lighter side, but it has a really rich, full flavor. No, no, I really like this AVO. Um, I think uh, probably after that Caribe, this is probably my next favorite AVO. Yeah, I, I agree. This that, is really good. I mean, the Caribe was just phenomenal, and we did an episode with the Caribe, uh, but this is a very good AVO. And for the price point, I think they're about 18 bucks a pop. They're not bad. Well, single-family homes and, and multifamily homes, um, you know, they seem to be pretty commonplace. And, and, you know, the Airbnbs have really hit the market hard, and, and that seems to be a pretty, or at least some people have a really good, successful model for Airbnbs. How do you feel about $10,000 in Airbnbs. Yeah, so Airbnbs, or uh, otherwise known as STRs, short-term rentals, um, they, you know, there are uh, people who I know who have had tremendous success with uh, the short-term rental model. Um, the short-term rental model with $10,000 uh, <clears throat> would be similar to the purchasing of the house where you would take the $10,000, maybe partner up with a couple other people, put a down payment on a house. Uh, but now you're not flipping the house to try and double your money uh, or try to get a, a higher return on your money. What you're doing now is you're renting the house out and you're not doing a long-term lease. You're doing a short-term rental. Now, short-term rentals in certain areas are spectacular you know um uh, and again i'll tell you a friend of mine had uh who owns a bunch of houses converted a few of his houses to short-term rentals and where he was getting three thousand dollars a month in rent he's making six thousand dollars a month in short-term rental yeah that's really it's a it's a cool concept um for me the biggest fears are some of the unknowns i mean you're you're it blew up and, and there are certain cities, I think, that took the time to um, to consider the Airbnbs and, and the short-term rentals. And then there's other cities that had no plan in place. And, and I think there's some lawsuits against Airbnb or at least maybe the owners of the Airbnbs. Uh, and, and for me, that would be the, the, the scary part is just do your due diligence. 
look at these towns at Nashville's, Phoenix, Scottsdale's, um, all these towns that are that are set up for Airbnb to be successful, and and they have laws and regulations uh, set up specifically for Airbnbs. And uh, you know, even within Houston here, a lot of the homeowners associations don't allow Airbnbs, and if they find out, they will find you. Um, so just like everything else, right? It, you have to do your due diligence. Um, personally, I don't like, I'm not one who likes to run an Airbnb. So, you know, if I bought an Airbnb, I have a friend of mine, all he does is he manages Airbnb properties. He charges something like a 12%, uh, um, fee. Uh, and you know, you just pay him the fee. And what he does is he sets up the entire property for you, including the furniture and everything. He doesn't pay for the furniture, but he'll buy the furniture. He'll, he'll set it all up for you. Um, he'll make sure that it gets listed on all the, all the uh, relevant uh, portals, Airbnb, VRBO, whatever other ones there are out there. He'll make sure you get your occupancies and, you know, people are in, moved in, moved out. Cleaning is done when they're moved out. Fees are collected. He'll make sure of all of that. So you basically have no headache on your hands other than getting a check at the end of the month or, you know, paying him at the end of the month and saying, hey, I don't have to do anything. On the flip side of it, again, returns are based on how much effort you will put in. So if you if you put it on a chart, the least amount of effort versus the most amount of effort, as your effort goes in um, and it becomes from a passive to an operating entity or an active entity, your returns are higher. But then, of course, you're putting more time in. You're taking more of a risk. You are putting in um, sweat equity, whereas somebody else is putting in sweat equity. And you just have to kind of decide along that line whether you want a lower return with no headaches. And, you know, let's say you have a good job that pays well. A lot of my friends who are medical doctors, they don't want to give up being a medical doctor to even get a, you know, 18 or 20% return. They would rather just put into an investment and get a 15% return and sit back and do nothing. Do you think that... um Kind of like you had mentioned crypto and other things that were, you know, where people had a lot of success and there's a lot of success in the short term rental uh, world as well. But do you think that that market's closing? Do you think the the really good deals? Because, I mean, I think a lot of people that really jumped in early were able to make some good deals. But now I think the people that are selling these houses and these properties that are in these areas, I, I think they're more aware of. What their va- what the value of their house is as a short term rental versus you know a regular single family home. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. It's all going to come down to an acceptable rate of return, right? How much are you going to pay for the house? How much are you is is, a, is your mortgage and your property taxes? What is that going to be? What are you going to get in return? And is that rate of return acceptable to you? Um just like any other rental property, right? So a lot of people go out onto the market to into the retail market and purchase homes to rent them out, hoping that it'll appreciate in value and the rent will go up. The problem is that, you know, I've said this many, many times, hope is not a strategy, right? You want to walk in with equity. So if the deal is too good, or I'm sorry, if the deal is not good enough for you, if the deal looks like it's going to, it's stretching your dollar and, you know, there are too many variables that need to happen in order for the deal to work. You walk away from it. 
you know, go look for another deal. Yeah, saying no sometimes is the, is the best result. I mean, if you if you don't feel good about it, if it doesn't fit within your wheelhouse and with your capital, you know, you just have to walk away. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, if you plan and you put parameters around your plan um, and you figure out what is acceptable to you and you have the discipline to be able to say no, this doesn't fit within my plan. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to be patient and I'm going to find something that fits. You will find something that fits. You will just have to be patient. And, you know, that's the key. Well, you know, those are all really great uh, talking points. And, and you know, for somebody with $10,000, there is hope. You can get in. You can get in real estate. Um, and the more effort and time, sweat equity you put into it, the bigger your returns are going to be. You know, hopefully you find a niche that works works good for you and, and you can make that ten thousand, a hundred thousand, and a million and, and keep growing your investment. Yeah. And you know, uh, the key takeaway from from this episode should be that put a plan together, be patient, and work it methodically and slowly, and you'll build wealth. And if you want to try this Avo Sea Spring, I would highly recommend it. Really good smoke, um, burns beautifully, nice and creamy, milder smoke. Uh, would be a um, good addition to anybody's humidor. Well, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our episode. Um, we have a lot of resources available on our website, albanyparkcapital.com. Follow us on our social media. And, uh, you know, leave us any comments if you'd like to like for us to try a cigar or if you'd like for us to touch on a topic that you're interested in hearing about. Thanks for joining us and uh, looking forward to seeing you next time.